Hello and welcome to the United Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Okoje, but my friends call me Omo. I'm a doctor, a mom, an entrepreneur, business strategist, transformational coach, and the founder of United Sisters, an organization dedicated to inspiring, empowering ladies whilst challenging the status quo. I am obsessed with helping women find their voice and understand their true potential, purpose and passion, regardless of their creed and culture. This podcast is dedicated to helping you up-level every aspect of your life. Join me for today's episode as we unearth the power that already lies within you. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? It's your girl, Okoje. Happy New Year. And you know what? I'm super excited to have this amazing lady who, to be honest, she's so in high demand to be able to pin her down is such (laughs) a privilege. And you are going to learn exactly why. So let me introduce to you the beautiful Yemi Penny. Yemi's first and foremost is a woman who is set on living a life that works for her. She is creating her own memo, having recently published her first book titled, Did You Get the Memo? She runs and manages three three ladies, successful businesses, of which one is in the UK, the other in Sydney, and the third is global via the web, World Wide Web. And she's got three kids as she does this. Sorry, I've given you an additional kid. She's got you two did. kids. <laughs> <laughs> she is an engineer by profession, an entrepreneur by passion. Wow. Her life's mission is to guide others to self-empowerment, reminding them who they really are. So welcome, Yemi. It's such Thank a privilege you. to have you here today. Thank you. It's an absolute <laughs> honor. And I love the work you're doing. So this is an absolute pleasure. And to be the first kind of podcast interview of 2020. It's like yeah. we're making moves. <laughs> That's amazing. But I know amazing. my listeners will probably hear this three weeks or four weeks into the 2020. Oh, but yeah, so oh, Yemi, I love your, you know, first of all, I just want you to share a little bit about your journey because we talked yeah. a little bit about it and I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. So you shared about your life in the UK and what brought yeah. you to, you're now based in Australia. Is that correct? Yeah. That's my base. I travel a lot, but it's definitely my base and where the kids are. Right. So tell me how, where, where did it all start? Engineer to entrepreneur to writing a book? Yeah. I mean, whoa. <laughs> no, you know what? The truth of the matter is things really only started to take physical shape about four years ago. But if I was to go way back, because, you know, I was, I was blessed. I was born in, in the UK, but actually lived a very large stint in Nigeria. I went to boarding school in Nigeria. Okay. So I started my secondary school there. However, having relocated back to the UK in the mid-1990s was where I guess I started to have a thirst for something different. And this is in my book where I talk about getting that first newspaper round job at 13, because you had to be 
16 to get a job first. But that was probably where the entrepreneurial spirit started because what money gave me wasn't even about the money because all I earned was like, well, not only, I earned five, I remember exactly, five pounds, 11 pence. I would do this paper round job every two weeks. But what that money gave me was freedom. Hmm. And I think that was where I started reading literature on not the beginnings of changing your money story. So the thing can grow rich. Um, Look, my dad wanted me to be a lawyer because he was a lawyer. His dad was a lawyer. My oldest brother definitely wasn't going to be a lawyer. So he figured as the first girl, I was to take take that on. Mm. But maybe it was I was I was very much a, a quiet, respectful girl. But I think I had an inner voice, and I remember thinking, I want to do engineering. Mm. Like I want to do engineering. I remember just putting an IKEA desk together one day and just loving the satisfaction. And so I did everything in my power to to become an engineer. And it was hard at first. I failed the first year, but from from that, so many things have happened. And I'll, I'll let you ask questions so I don't ramble on. But I, I studied engineering, and while I was at university, I got um, I worked with three other wonderful friends that I'm still friends with. We were called um, Black Aces for no other reason than that we were these four young Black, you know, students. And we started organizing events, right. you know, what were called raves. And then we went to talent shows. And that was when I got an even bigger taste of entrepreneurship. It was just profound that these four young, you know, teenagers could actually do an event that would have over a thousand people turn up. It blew wow. my mind. That, that, that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial mind. So in, in a nutshell, that's, that's the journey of a bit of taste of engineering, a bit of taste of entrepreneurship. But I would have done so many other things since then that failed, but I kept on trying. And then this beautiful thing called motherhood came up and that, that definitely um, yeah, put a spin on things. Wow. You know what you said? One of the things you've just said, and I I've picked up on is that you changed your money story. What do you mm. mean by that? Yeah, I, I said that. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, me, are they going to know what that means? And it's it's one of the workshops I'm going to be doing in 2020. I, I, this is in, I'm going to make lots of references to my book because it's almost the pinnacle of the work I want to do, at least for now and the next kind of half decade. Right. I talk about our money story. There's a chapter and it's called The Genetics the genetics of money, which is the fact that our money story stems from the household we were in, the environment we were in, how our parents saw money, how our community saw money. So for me, my money story was having relocated to the UK after leaving Nigeria because, you know, the whole economy was struggling, Mm. was that we never had enough money. And my mum did an amazing job. You know, my dad was still in Nigeria, but she, we, we were six kids living in a two bedroom council flat. So to ask for money meant that most of the time she, she didn't have it. She, she couldn't have it. So the money story I'd heard is that it's difficult to get money and the money is never going to be enough to buy the extras like the trainers or the shoes and and whatever so I started working on my money story to say well I want to have enough money so that I can buy shoes and buy things but I'll tell you now even with you know revenue of over two million dollars in in all of my companies I still have to work on my money story, like majorly, which is why you have so many celebrities now who could have become successful multimillionaires, but have eventually become bankrupt because they still haven't worked on their money story, which for some of us, depending on our history, comes from like a a lack as opposed to abundance. 
Wow. But I could go on forever on that. Yeah. No. So just speak, just one thing to be clear on is what do you, how do you work on, if you can give us like two things. I mean, I know you've written a whole book on all these concepts and you do a whole seminar and workshop around this. So as mm-hmm. much as you can, if you could just share, let me not say two, one major thing that mm. you could do in 2020, our listeners can do to change our mm. money story. Because we won big this year, <laughs> this decade. <laughs> you know, 20, so just one 20. thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So stay with me now. So who, whenever people are listening, because this might seem really simple, but the first mm. thing, and I'm probably I'm going to give two things, is that Yay. you have to believe, truly believe that we sit in in a world, a universe of abundance. There is actually more than enough. I had to start. I, I had to start teaching myself that there is enough money to go around everybody on this earth. It is incredibly unfair that it doesn't reach certain aspects. Mm. But firstly, you have to change your mindset to abundance. The minute you use the words and say, I don't have enough money, I can't. This is the next thing I'm going to say to change it. I can't afford that is the biggest, in my opinion, no-no for financial growth. The minute I find myself about to say, I cannot afford that, I turn it to, how can I afford that? Or if you don't want it, then say, I don't want it, or it's not that important. Because the minute you use the word can't, your brain shuts down to find any possible way of how you get it. That, and I'm probably going to go into third one now, because people are thinking, well, but tell me, tell me. You've got to visualize, visualize what you want the money for, why Mm. you want it. The minute you know those, what and why, it comes. But you must change that language. You must say, how can I get that money? I can't wait for it to come. I'm really excited for when it's coming. Mm. The language for me was huge. It was absolutely phenomenal because I now apply in everything. I mean, look, I've lost money, but I've made it back easily. And money is energy. So there is lots of it. Wow, that is inspiring. Do you know what? So you've basically said you need to ask yourself more empowering questions, right? Absolutely. Can I just ask you, is this stuff that you do on a daily basis? Do you do, because people talk about affirmations and meditation, because it's Mm. not like you just do it once and then it changes. It's something you have to discipline yourself. So what is your daily routine to really make sure that you're in the right mindset, as you said, because it's all about mindset and you're asking yourself more empowering questions. What do you do on a daily basis to have a revenue of 2 million? Like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you generated this yourself. Obviously, you're part of a team. When someone else says it, I'm like, what? But yeah, I did. And the the intentions are to triple that by the end of this year. So, and I know that I can and I will, and I'm putting measures in place. But I will tell you now, my word for 2020 is be courageous. So don't get me wrong. I am scared. In some instances, I'm human, but I'm, I also know that my back, I'm fully supported. So if I was to go to my rituals, I, I meditate without a shadow of a doubt. Someone said it once beautifully, praying for those that believe in God, a higher being, is the equivalent of you asking God for something. And meditation is you actually listening. Because what Mm. we never tend to really do is sit still enough to hear the messages that are coming through. And so meditation for me is paramount. You know, Mm. I I pretty much talk to God every day, Mm. but my meditation is to hear, is to hear what comes up. And I, I attempt to meditate twice a day, 
20 minutes each time. Mm. And what that does to me, even though sometimes it's very busy, is it grounds me. It creates space in my head, which is very busy. And you mentioned word of affirmation. You're absolutely right. Those are important. So the words you speak, I remember my grandmom and mum, you know, smacking me sometimes around around the shoulder. Mm. So the words I would say that were negative, and I never quite understood it because what you speak is what you become. Mm. That's where you're you know, where your attention goes is where energy flows. And people Mm. say, well, do you want me to lie? No, acknowledge your feelings, but change the words of what you want it to be. Yes. You know, the more we talk about the issue or the lack of, you give it so much energy. Find a tribe. I make sure that I'm very particular on who I spend my time with Mm. because the minute the energy is drawing me down, it's not a problem. If someone's having a bad day, that's okay. But if someone is hell bent, on describing all the problems they have and they're going to take up even more than 20 minutes of my time I'm out of there I I don't I don't I can't do that anymore because we can't solve any problems in that mindset so finding the tribe is important and if you don't have a tribe there's wonderful YouTube beautiful podcasts like what you're doing there are people that will be talking about stuff that will get you in the right headspace so for for me to keep going that's a big one for me but then look I I also take breaks is to make sure you know what works for you Mm. but meditation right mindset by through words of affirmation but also surrounding myself with the right people that that's probably my my daily ritual Wow. Inspiring. I mean, there's so many questions I want to ask you, but I want to move (laughs) swiftly on to something. You know, our podcast is all about leadership and so on and so forth. So how did you develop, um, you know, from your background, you said there were six of you living in a council house and your mom Mm -hmm. was looking after you guys. How did you develop the right leadership skills that obviously has allowed you to grow your business the way you did and I asked I have another question but I just want to understand your mindset behind leadership and how did you obviously you didn't grow it by yourself you built a team Mm -hmm. what skills did you have to acquire to be able to do that it's a brilliant question I, I love that my leadership style is still evolving but I think the leader in me actually came from an experience that I used to despise for probably well over a decade and I've only just started to love it, um, is boarding school. I went to boarding school in Nigeria and in my book, Hmm. I explain this as boarding school in Nigeria is like almost watching a series of Survivor, but there is no cameraman in sight to help you if Hmm. something goes wrong. Because people usually think if you go to boarding school in Africa, it's like where the prince and princess went. No, this was survive for yourself. I remember being so bitter and upset with my mum, but it's probably one of the greatest gifts she ever gave me Hmm. because that automatically got me to look after myself. So I would probably plore people who say, oh, I don't know if I'm a leader. There's probably something that's happened in your life. For some of you, it might not have been a great experience, but has made you have to stand up tall. For some people, it could be being a mum, whether you become a single mum or, you know, you've got responsibility. You become a leader. People think leadership is in is in the face of someone wearing a suit or something else. That makes you a leader. So for, you just have to figure out what it is for you. Um, regarding my business, is quite interesting. It, it started off organic. It was just me. Truth be told, I didn't want any responsibilities. <laughs> it's so funny because now I have like almost 20 staff in all my wow. businesses. I didn't want any responsibilities because it was, it was, it was hard. And I, I think I started to think, well, why don't you just treat people as you want to be treated? But most importantly, ask them what they like. I don't know if anyone's read the book by 
Gary Chapman called Five Love Languages. Yes. It's a profound, powerful. People think it's just for love and relationships. I actually apply it in, in all of my like businesses without wow. going into the, the love. But I look at whoever is working with me and figure out what is it they like? Because mm. if I give them more of what they like, oh my gosh, my businesses boom. They boom. You know, it's the reason why I've got the audacity to be down under in Sydney, but have a business thriving in London is, is because I work with my coaches. And even though the fitness industry has a high turnover, the importance for me is trying to understand what everyone's goal dream is, acknowledging that it may not be mine. The important thing is that we align in value, but mm. everyone's an individual. So for me, my leadership style is still evolving because sometimes I can't, well, most of the times I can't please everybody. Mm. There are some people that I haven't made happy with my choices. Mm. And so I have to learn from it. And there are some that haven't worked well for me. So I think for me, it's also, if, if I want to be a courageous leader, a compassionate leader, which is mm. also another word of mine for 2020, is I need to make sure I hear people. Mm. Um, but also explain to them that I'm going to do my best. And that's why I, that's why I do the work I do, which is the self-empowerment. Mm. Most people are looking to other people to show them the way. And that's okay. Hmm. You can get guidance, but you need to make the you need to make the decision. If someone's working for me and they say it's not working out anymore, that's okay. But can we have compassion for each other and lead or go our separate ways without feeling the need to demonize? So I'm still I'm wow. still learning. I'm still very much learning. But I think that that's now something I'm coming into my own is treat people like I'd want to be treated, but acknowledge they are an individual. Wow. That's um, you've loaded. That's loaded with lots of things that I want to ask. But I think the the main thing I wanted to get from you is um, how do you? One of the things with women and understanding how women operate, being a woman in senior leadership, is there is this fear of making the wrong decision, and there's always mm. this second guessing yourself. It's along with a lot of women, because the research says that, you know, when you're going for senior positions or you're doing an entrepreneur journey, a man, not that there's anything wrong, will more likely go for those positions or go for those opportunities, despite whether they have the, the experience or the skills, they'll go for it. Where a woman mm. would more likely hold herself back and question, yeah. oh, I haven't got all those skills. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. How did you, how do you just overcome those self-talks and really just stand in the space of belief in yourself? It's easy to say, but I want to know how, how do you do that in yourself? I love your questions. I, I, you know, every time I, every time I either have an event or have a conversation, I get so juiced up. I love it. These are great questions. Seriously, great work. Um, so so this almost sounds like the whole imposter syndrome thing yes. to a certain extent. Um, and, and you're right. I know there's been lots of work that's been done on that. But what do I do? And I'm probably still doing it and I'm still learning is honestly, there's no such thing as failure. It's all right. feedback. No such thing as failure. It is feedback. So I think the minute we get comfortable with the fact that there's no such thing. I mean, if you sit down, first of all, I sit and I think, what's the worst that can happen? They're going to say no. It doesn't work well. I have to speak to somebody else. The minute I get that whole fear conversation out, I tell myself that I, I just, I, I can't fail. One mm. thing I've started learning is because I think we need to be authentic. I, I really plore women in particular, especially mm. as they 
whole shift of feminine energy of which, you know, obviously most women will hold more of the feminine energy than say men. Men have feminine energy as as we have masculine energy. Mm. However, what we need to do is stay authentic. The minute we start trying to be like men or anything other than us, firstly, it gets too hard. You don't want that. You want to work smart, not hard. Mm. So I'd say stay authentic to yourself. But one thing I do is if I look at a job spec or a client wants me to do something and there's stuff I can't do, I actually either say, look, I can't do this 100% now, but leave it with me and I'll find a way to do it. That's what you need to say. I'll find a way to do it. And you will, because I also put this in my book. I, (laughs) I think women are the most underused form of resources in the most respectful way I agree. ever. I agree. We are not the first to say it. There are many men out there who are saying it. Yes. And on top of that, if you are a mother, I even think even more so, if you're a working mother, even more so because Absolutely. you are pretty much an octopus. You are an octopus, just not by hands and legs of how many yes. things you do, but with your mindset. Yes, So, absolutely. um, for me say that and I'll be honest like look I, I can't do th- I can't do this right now and sometimes I wouldn't even say that but just say but I can make it happen I've yes. got a meeting with a potential fantastic company that I'll partner with next week and they're ask they're going to ask me some things and I'm I was debating should I just make it up or should I lie and I'm, I'm not I'm not going to do that I'm going to be yes. real with them yes. this isn't the style I've used this is what I've done and it's been successful is there a possibility that I could maybe teach your organization some a different way to do things mm. and I, I I do I do that now because my my confidence is is growing is going up but I I'm, I also remain humble in it but we need we need to acknowledge what we're bringing into the table. We don't need to know everything. What we do need to do is show that we've got a willingness to learn and get the results. Wow, that's incredible. I want to ask you, because I know that we're really tight for time. Um, so okay. once again, thanks for making time for this. My pleasure. But pleasure. I want to ask you a question, right? So mm-hmm. if you could... We're not saying this is going to happen. I'm I'm very su- superstitious, so apologies. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you were starting from zero income today, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. And you now are say you've been dropped on in Russia, and mm. you wanted to build your life again for whatever mm. reason. Tell me what you would say to yourself how you would start and what would be, yeah, what would you, what would you say to yourself and how, where would you begin? Just plopped in the middle of nowhere in Russia or whatever, a new country, what would you do? <laughs> so you, so you, you know, I have my own podcast and so I'm going to be really respectful, but the first thing I would say is what the actual, and then there'd be an expletive word. Mm. So I would actually ask myself that. <laughs> Um, that like for real, uh, for real, for real, that would be the first thing. And I have to say, I want to say that I'm still growing and developing, but there's a part of me that would be excited. Mm. There's a part of me that would be excited because my, I I think the brain is a goal seeking brain. I Mm. think we love, we love adventure. We love the thrill. I think some of us have to tap 
hard into it. But for me personally, I'd be juiced up to see what I'm going to make from nothing. Like I'd be, if I had achieved anything before, like if, you know, I mean, this is almost a real story because I'd be like, I can't wait. Who was it that said this? I can't remember whether it was Jan Lavansan or Lisa Nichols. Someone said, when things don't go well, you are in a good space when you say, I cannot wait to see what comes from this. So for me, if I was in Russia with nothing, that's what I'd be telling myself. And then the first thing I'd be doing is getting a job so I can get some money in. The second Mm. thing I'll be doing is what are the gaps in society, either by way of product or service that I can fulfill? And I Hmm. would start with that. And if it was in this era, everything is about technology. I would be developing some prototype with the money I make from working my ass off Mm. and then trying to find a way to get in front of venture capitalists. All these people you see standing on stage, Gary Vee, so many other people, whether it's Tony Robbins, Mm. I get it. We all have a story. We all have history. And I'm not trying to, you know, belittle any of it. But Mm. there are people who really came from nothing. The minute your mindset is right, something will come up. God, the universe, your guides, whatever you believe in, the minute they know you are ready to step up to the task, they will send you people. The question is, are you ready and open or are you too busy being in a victim story? Whoa, that gives me chills. Honestly, I've got goosebumps (laughs) when you said, are you ready? So ladies, I just want you to... Take that in wherever you are, whether you're starting your business, whether you've something you've lost in 2019, or maybe you're, you're, you know, you're trying to move up the corporate weight. Just ask yourself how exciting. So I believe what you did, you changed your fear story to excitement. Like, Mm. oh my God, what can I create from this? This is amazing. The same situation, you've flipped it around and you've seen the good in it so I think that's Mm. incredible but you know sometimes let me just be let me be very sincere when you're in that situation as you said you know you're you know you have bills to pay you've got kids to look after fear can actually eat you up right you could just be like oh my god this is this is so scary how do you stay in this space of because you did it you kind of moved to Australia I know you spoke about this and built your life from scratch how Mm. do you cope with your everyday life as it is today it's not where you wanted it to be but still have that mindset I'm gonna achieve this does that make sense so it's like you know in a storm how do you stay yeah I'm so glad you said that was it someone said to me so if you think of a tornado if you think of a tornado and it's it's really big at the top but it's quite wide and so For me, that fear is when you're there. But when you think about that fear and you're so crippled, you start to get lower and lower and lower. And I think the big thing is making sure that you just stay at the top. So acknowledge you're going to be at the top. So I don't, you're right. I, I, I have fear all the time. Mm. The minute we get comfortable, even the best of the best have fear. I think Oprah Winfrey said it. Out of everything she'd done in her life, she had to go and do a speech at Harvard University. (laughs) And she was fearful for, that was the one thing she was worried about. Everyone has it. So if we just accept that, but whatever you do, it cannot cripple you. If you just make that agreement with yourself that it does not cripple you and you just do one thing every day that helps you to get out of that fear. 
because you're right when you're in it it's so fun that's why your tribe is so important yes. and it depends on the it depends on who you are some people are more anxiety prone yes. some people are more depressed prone yes. you got to figure out which one it is and whether you read up on things what are the things you can do for me I'm more anxiety prone so what I have to do and I've done this through my coaching it's called neurolinguistic programming is I do timeline therapy so hmm. I think of the future for me, when I get on a plane, I'm worried, oh God, I'm not going to <laughs> make it back. <laughs> and so the first thing that happens for me is I then think of the future of it happening for me. Hmm. So if I haven't got a job and I'm struggling, I think I already think I start to visualize me getting that job, getting the email. Hmm. And that helps me. And if you're in depression, it's a case of thinking, well, that past is gone. What, where am I now? Bring myself always back to the now. And that's why meditation tends to be profound for people who find themselves to be depressed. Wow. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing. But just before we go, there is, I yeah. really, really want to say, we would love to have you back here, Yemi. You are, <laughs> you have so much wisdom to share with us, but I know you. you're, you're, you're short of time. But just before we go, how can people reach you guys or reach you or reach your, your kind of message? Could you share mm. with you, our listeners, um, where they can reach you and just a little bit about your book, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the best, I mean, I've got a couple of websites, but the best website for me is um, www.yemipen. So it's Y-E-M-I-P-E-N-N.com. Um, you go on there, you can, you can reach me on anything. I'm also on Instagram. It's just Yemi82. Um, my podcast is out there as well called Did You Get the Memo on Spotify. So they're trying to be everywhere at the moment because I'm really <laughs> passionate on my message. Yes. Um, and look, the book is actually officially gets released tomorrow, which is the 3rd of January, but I know people will be listening to this way after that. So you can yes. get it on Amazon Kindle. You can get it on Apple. Um, you can go into well, you can go to Amazon. I think I'm not sure Barnes and Nobles. I will get it in Waterstones and W H Smith in well the next done. couple of weeks. So it's it's all there. But look, I I'm you know I think it's the first I'll be saying it here. I've decided I'm going to launch my tour next no this year. Oh my gosh, it's 2020. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am actually going to be in the UK um, doing a tour in April, um, wow. and then I'll, I'll be going to. Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa. I'm going to kick off on my own, but um, like I said, I think there's going to be some partnering. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be around and I'll be able to talk more about the, the book. You know, did you get the memo is, is the theory of me saying, you know, someone wrote something somewhere. Someone wrote how we're meant to live life. And it turns out there are actually a lot of us that didn't get that memo because because <laughs> <laughs> when we tried it's like the thing just didn't go exactly to plan and that can yes. be in any walk whether it's the woman who decided not to have kids or mm. whether you know it's the person who didn't realize that it was just the nine to five that was there or the person who didn't realize that leadership had to look a certain way so I write this book to start the conversation it's it's going to be a series and this is the first one which I'll spend the most part of 2020 going through and then I'm going to start inviting people to tell their stories stories because I think when we do not only do we free ourselves we free future generations so wow. yeah that's 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 my work <laughs> oh so inspiring so inspiring listen I always ask this at the end of our interview our time together yeah. if you were to complete this sentence what would you say mm -hmm. life is amazing <laughs> that's <laughs> such is. a cliche you have to it say is, something else <laughs> Life 
life is life is now. And mm. I say life, life is now. There's a chapter in my book, which is about time. The only time that matters is now. We can plan all we want. We can plan all we mm. want. But life is now. And I guess that's why I figured it was amazing because for me, I'm in this now moment. I feel amazing. These kind of conversations get me so gassed up and lets me know why I'm in the right place and doing what I'm meant to do. So life is now. That's the only time that actually matters. Wow. I like that. Life is now. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Yemi. I appreciate this. I want to wish you all the best for 2020 and as always i'm always watching you do great things and thank you so much for shining your light because it gives us the permission to shine thank you yemi thank you thank you for tuning in to today's episode If you've loved what you've heard, which I'm sure you have, then please go ahead and share the love, leave a review and subscribe. I would love to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your aha moments and your breakthroughs. You can connect with me on social media, on Instagram or Facebook by searching for Dr. Okoje Omo Okunkwo. You can find my details on the show notes. I'd love to add you to our Facebook United Sisters group where you'll get a daily dose of inspirational thoughts and insights. I can't wait to connect with you on our next episode. But until then, go out there, be bold, be beautiful and just be you.